0: All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 28 of Believe in Queens. I'm Joe Serralo, that's Anthony Wrecker, and as you can notably obviously see, I I think that's Anthony Wrecker. Am I pointing the right way? Uh, There we go. Now we're pointing at each other.
1: You're Uh, over there on my screen, but you're pointing that way, and I don't know.
0: uh, Well,
1: well, who knows? This is why we need Tyler. (laughs) That's a good start. The
0: the pyramid works a lot better, as you guys can see. Tyler's not here tonight. Uh, He's suffering some health issues at the moment. Um, He's been pretty public about it, had a couple anxiety attacks over the weekend. Uh, This team will do it to you. So he's not here with us tonight. He's recovering. He's actually producing this, so he is here behind the scenes. Tyler, we love you. Rest up. Everyone in the comments section loves you. A lot of of notes to you already. We've been doing this 50 seconds, this live stream, and uh, already a ton to talk about Tyler in the live chat. So He's here behind the scenes, guys. He appreciates all of your well wishes and uh, all of the comments. So thank you, everyone, for uh, for keeping tabs on our guy. He'll be back soon better than ever. And before we do dive in, this episode, just like the first 27, is brought to you, of course, by Bet Online. Head on over to BetOnline.ag. You can bet the rest of the MLB playoffs if you so desire. You can bet some football, some college football, hoops and hockey, even right around the corner. So head on over to BetOnline. Use the promo code Believe that's B-L-E-A-B for your first time, one time, one hundred percent welcome bonus. They will match any deposit between fifty and a thousand dollars at BetOnline. Online. It's where the games begin. Ooh. Rec, this uh, this has been a shitty twenty-four hours. There's there's no way around it. How you doing, man? Uh,
1: I think I'm doing better than most. Um, I'm I'm in that lucky, I guess, portion of. I'll still call it Mets fandom because I I still root for them to win, but I won't say that I'm in that section uh, of fandom where I get that invested um, just because of my experiences and um, having played, and it's just kind of part of it. Um, But all that said, I mean, I I, got to hear from you first about how you're feeling about pretty much how this went down. I mean, I, I can defend how I was feeling before the wild card series And then get into how what I'm what I'm feeling now as a player or what I would be feeling. But I want to hear how you're feeling as, um, you know, a lifelong Mets fan, someone who has lived and died and and lived and breathed this uh, this team for for quite a while now.
0: Yeah. You want to know how I'm feeling, Rick? Uh, Let's see. Five months ago, I went through a really nasty, ugly break with someone who no
1: no no to... hold on hold on hold on hold was on. it was this no, breakup no. with your was this breakup joe. with your hey, wait wait uh, was this was this breakup with your headphones because your your audio is terrible joe. Uh,
0: yeah yeah that's why i'm cutting in i'm cutting
1: tyler in. tyler's coming in to save the day here He's the man
0: the man with anxiety him. tech has to come in this okay all right you you keep unplugging we'll we'll let joe reset okay <laughs> Of course, of course this happens. The <laughs> one time. I can't do a show. There he is. And okay. Like, hey, I'm just not going like
1: to Plug in headphones here. Because okay. we don't know how to do Bluetooth apparently. In this
0: can, can you guys hear me? Yes,
1: we can. I hear you. Agree I'm going to exit you out. Better. We're going to try, try
0: this again. All right. All right. Good yeah. All right. All right. Let, Let's go over how I'm feeling.
1: So yeah. about
0: five months ago, went through a really nasty, ugly breakup, right? was fine. About three months ago, lost a relative who I was super close with, right? Dealt with it on my own, was fine. Last night, after the Mets lost, finally hit my therapist who I hadn't spoken to in about a year with a you up text. This is what broke me. This is what broke me. Breakups, debts in the family, absolutely fine. I can navigate that on my own. The freaking New York Mets are what break me. The Mets are what make me say, hey, uh, what are you doing Wednesday at two o'clock? Can you squeeze me in? The Mets. I'm not. I'm not doing well, Rick. I'm not doing well. I've I've lived through a lot of heartbreak. Right, 2006, eight years old, cried myself to sleep that night. Game seven of the NLCS. Oh seven, oh eight, tears were shed. 2015 was at the ballpark. Was working there. Broke my heart. Broke my heart seeing that one nothing lead disappear in the ninth inning, and then of course, or rather, two nothing lead it might have been, and then of course them lose it in extras. 2016. Watching from afar, being in college, being a freshman, felt helpless, felt felt destroyed seeing Gillespie, of all people, hit that home run, right? This hurt the most because for 175 days, we were in first place. And people always talk about that 10 and a half game lead and they want to, oh, the Mets blew a 10 and a half game lead because people like poking fun at the Mets, right? That was June 1st. To me, that's not what bothers me. It was the seven game lead in August. After beating the Braves four out of five. Blowing that, being in first place seemingly wire to wire, right? 175 days in first, six days in second. That's how the season ended up mapping out. 101 wins, second best regular season in franchise history, and nothing to show for it. It, it was it was the last twenty-eight days that just totally decimated the season, just completely ruined it. And okay, I guess uh, this
1: is I guess this is where I, I'll jump in and, and just Because I have to give this a little bit of um, levity from my perspective. So, you know, being in first place, great. Winning your division, fantastic. If they win their division, of course they're not in this wild card series and they're playing tomorrow.
0: A a Philly Um, team we went 14-5 and against.
1: Against a Philly team that they dominated all season long. Um. From a player's perspective, and I said this before, you, you're, your entire goal is to give yourself an opportunity to play for a World Series. You do want to win the division. That is a goal. It's not the ultimate goal. Winning the division is great, especially now with the new playoff format and being one of those top two um, teams in the, in the in your league as far as record goes winning the division and, and being one of the top two teams, you get that bye to move on to the the division series. Um, to me, if I'm in that clubhouse today, I'm not ruining the opportunities we missed as far as being division champs. And as far as losing, you know, ground in the, in the, in the division down the stretch, um, Yes, I, I wish we could have won a few more games. I wish we would have. Uh, we, I think we could have. You know, that would be my mindset. But we still had a chance to do what we needed to do. And that is get by the Padres, get into a big series that would have been against L.A., and then get into an even bigger series that, let's face it, is probably going to be against Atlanta. Um, I think right now, it like I, I can I promise you that everything that you're feeling, all that pain, agony, these players feel it more. They do, I promise. They have a little bit more um, of an ability to see things non-emotionally. Just because you have to as a player, you have to live this. You have to go about it 162 games and keep yourself on that level playing field the entire time and so even in this loss even though it hurts like crazy you still are able to find somewhat of a you know you don't get too low that said these guys are not going to forget this this is going this is going to haunt them for the off season because they know that they let something slip in at least winning the division and having that buy. But more so, they know that they didn't show up for these three games the way that they needed to. Game two was great. Degrom pitched good enough. The bullpen came in. The offense showed up. The other two games, uh, the offense was non-existent. non Non-exi- I mean, just point blank. They they weren't there. Um, we talked about it a lot. That they were too reliant on Pete, particularly Pete, and probably Francisco too um but i think you just didn't see anyone show enough in those first game third game um and you could point a lot of that to the padres and say that their starting pitching did what they needed to do they came in and dominated those two games you darvish and joe musgrove shoved they shoved it right up the mets you know what and Realistically, if, if I'm on that team, if I'm part of that Mets team, I'm thinking the same thing. Like, yeah, we got beat. And that is why when we talk about, you know, any kind of strategy, oh, we're going to save the ground for game three. Oh, we'll see if we don't. have That's such bullcrap. You win the games when you and you try to win every game to the best of your ability. You put your best foot forward and that's just what you do. As a player, I know those guys went out there and gave it everything they had in those games. They just didn't have it. It just wasn't there. They weren't at their peak at the time of the season that you hope to be at your peak. And that's not always something that you can control. Um, you know, in some respect, of course, there's gonna be an ability to kind of make sure you you turn the right buttons on towards the end of the season and make sure that you're Feeling as good as you can physically, hopefully mentally, but this is a really hard game. And it's it's only gotten more difficult year after year with the advancements of technology, with the advancements of just physicality, the way guys are able to go out, throw 100 now and, and 95 on-hour sliders. And it's so much more common. Um, you know, you saw it last night, Suarez from San Diego. I mean, I didn't even heard of this kid before this year. <laughs> He goes over to Korea, figures some things out, has a surgery, comes back and wee! I mean, nasty. Nasty. Um, so when I look at this Mets team, I think the only thing, only thing that I think out of what I saw for this year and what I saw at the end of the year, end of the year was disappointing. But what I saw this year, and I need to be more positive about this because that's the way I am as a player. Um, they took Great strides forward as an organization. Now, what is it going to look like next year? Wow, I have no idea. Um, They have a lot of guys who are up for free agency options, arbitration. Um, They're not going to keep everybody. If they did, it would cost, uh, wow, a lot of money. And although Steve can afford it, um, it wouldn't behoove them to bring back the same team. And I I definitely don't think that they should. Um, They had some faults. They need to adjust, make some corrections, figure out where they can utilize some of the guys who aren't going to cost a fortune. And of course, bring back the right pieces that are going to cost a fortune. um, And bring in some new guys who are going to probably cost some money too. So this team's going to look different, but as an organization and as a fan base, there's something to build off of. And to me, moving forward, you have to put the trust in the front office that got you from last year to this year, which was, I mean, light years ahead of where you were last year at this point, is where you sit today. 101 wins, second best season in the history of the franchise, and the ability to, you know, they had the ability to advance in the playoffs. It just didn't happen this year. Um, I know growing, you know, coming up through the Oakland organization, Billy Bean always said it was, you know, the regular season was the hard part. The postseason was. My hands are, I, I, there's nothing I could do. My team is my team. I can't do anything about it. I can't make them do anything, play any better like the rah-rah speech at Moneyball. That doesn't happen. Not from a GM. Um, and so essentially, like literally, like there's nothing you could do. The team is out there. They're on the field go. And they just, they, I'm not going to say they weren't ready to play because I really think they were, they just got beat and they weren't, they weren't playing their best baseball right now. And that happens. And it's just unfortunate, but you have to take the positives from this organization and what they've built to now and what they can do going forward. That's the way I look at it. I know it's hard to look at it that way. If you're a fan and you're emotionally invested in what this team has done so far to get to this point, you felt like, this was your chance. And by all means, it was a chance. You have more opportunities moving forward. These are not going to be so few and far between. And I think that's the thing you have to remember. You're not going to have to wait from 16 to 22 to have this opportunity or from realistically 15 to 22. because That 16 team wasn't that good anyway. Um, from I mean, 15 to 20. Yeah, we, you're we, not going to have to wait from – what's that?
0: No, I was just going to say I love the guy. But, yeah, we had TJ Rivera hitting fifth in an in a yeah. elimination playoff yeah. game.
1: You're not going to, you're not going to have to wait from 06 to to 15 for this to happen again. So realistically, the organization has moved and I mean, they've taken such great strides. It's next year is going to be another year. And the year after that is probably going to be another year. So you have to remember that as a fan and just hold on to that right now. I get it. Not easy to do. It's easier for me from where I sit and the fact that I have been in that situation. Um, but that's the way I see it. I'll let you continue with your emotional plea, but I just had to interject a little bit of, you know, pragmatism.
0: No, look, I, I appreciate the levity. Part of me, and, and you're a very stoic guy. Part of me wonders if maybe Buck was too much of a stoic down the stretch here. Look, I'm not expecting him to go. I know you said GMs don't do it, but we saw Brody Van Wagnen come in throwing chairs, flipping tables. I know that Buck's not that guy. Yeah, Where I'm is not, he now?
1: Yeah, exactly. where's he now?
0: Hey, hey, he's one. He's one of the biggest Met fans on the planet right now. He's from. Row at City Field. Um, look, I, that, I'm not Uber. saying that's the answer, but do you think Buck maybe played it too calm down the stretch? I mean, 16 games against sub 500 opponents, we go nine and seven, swept by the Cubs, swept by the Braves. I'm not saying we need someone to go in and act like a jackass, but it didn't seem like there was urgency for this. You need someone to
1: unplug your mic and plug it back in? Jeez. Again? It's pretty bad. You know, you would think that you were the one whose two-year-old was throwing around his microphone earlier today. Like, L- was mine, that happening? Like, literally was just picking it up and like chucking it around. He was rubbing his snot on it. Like, it's brutal. So, um, Is this better? Can you hear me okay? Mine's still good. Uh, yes, I hear you better now.
0: Okay. Do you think Buck was too much of a stoic down the stretch, though? Do you think that this team needed a fire lit under its ass? Because they just – they went flat. I mean, swept by the Cubs at home, it's really inexcusable. I, I know the Braves might yeah. be the best team in baseball, and I know that the Dodgers won 111 games. The Braves, to me, are the best team in baseball. To go there, though, and win one game, when you got Max, Jake, and Bassett out there, like there, there didn't seem to be urgency. There didn't seem to be a fire.
1: Uh, I'll say this um... – I've been on teams where that has been an accusation. Oh, they don't have any fire. Oh, they don't care. It's not the case. Like, it's hard to watch guys who can keep an even keel, who can struggle and not lose their shit. Like, it's hard to see that and think that they care. But realistically, and I can promise you this, you, you you said it yourself I'm I'm pretty I can be pretty stoic especially when it comes to this uh, on the baseball field I mean I, I got tossed once um, but outside of that outside of you know maybe Just once a time or two I was pretty you know you didn't see that for me um, there were plenty of nights where I really struggled with wh- where I was what I was doing how like terrible I felt I was Um I'm sure my wife could recite some of those and tell you that, like, she just smacked me around and said, (laughs) you need to snap out of it. Like, so, as baseball, we take it way harder than we show, for the most part. And uh, part of that's because I didn't want to be Jeff McNeil of of a few years ago. And I'm not trying to throw stones. Much different guy this year. Loved him.
0: No, you're right. Yeah, you're 100% right.
1: um, I didn't want to be that guy. And most guys don't want to, because you don't want to have teammates like that who ride that wave and, and act that way. So when you see this team and you, and you say that they were flat, I understand where it comes from because offensively the production wasn't there and they didn't break a bat or throw a chair or, you know, Um, but that's not the case. And look, I'm not in that locker room. You know, I wasn't in that locker room yesterday, but I, 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 been there. I know, I know Francisco. I know Jake. I know, you know, I didn't play with Max, but I played against him. Like, I know a lot of, I played with Taiwan. Like, I played with a lot of the guys in that locker room. And I know their personalities. I know they're not just, eh, eh, we don't have it today. Oh, well. Like, that's not what they do. Like, oh, no, we're losing. Oh, we're so scared. Like, that's not what they do. It just didn't work out. And, but that attitude that they have, is going to help down the road if they keep this, you know, it's somewhat of a core together, which they're going to, of course. Um, and eventually, when they break through and the positive things happen, the one thing they did learn how to do this year was win games um, because they did it all year until the end of the year. But sometimes that's baseball. You go through a bad month. Like, no team has gone 20 and eight every month, right? Like it just doesn't happen. I mean, the Dodgers maybe they're an exception, I don't know. Um the 2001 Mariners, they're an exception. Like but those are so few and far between. How often does a team win 127 and 30
0: this year?
1: They started, yeah. So they had their bad two months early. Like timing, timing's everything. And realistically, that's what happened to this team, and it looks bad because they're the type of team that doesn't get over emotional and doesn't overreact, but that's a good trait. And to me, no, Buck did not need to go on a tie ride, tirade. He didn't need to. I, I, I thought there were some steps along the way that he could have, you know, where he could have done things a little bit differently, handled the bullpen differently. Um, you know, but realistically, it. At the end of the season, when something like this happens, there's always going to be fingers pointing. There's always going to be fault for the manager, fault for the players, fault for the front office. It's just going to be out there because that's realistically how it plays out. And I'd rather be on a team where there isn't finger pointing, where there isn't people yelling and throwing things and trying to, because I don't need that as a player. I don't need someone to light a fire under me. Like I'm self-motivated and I know these guys are too. They're pros. That's why they won 101 games. You don't win 101 games the regular season, Major League Baseball, unless you're a very good team. It do, that doesn't. You don't just trip over that. Um, so realistically, no, I don't. I don't think that was something that needed to happen. I do understand the idea of it. I do understand that you're saying, you know, could that have helped? I don't know. You know, like sometimes doing something like that might piss somebody off. Maybe, maybe you know, one player it, it helps. I don't know. But I can tell you from the standpoint of being a a grown man and saying, I'm in that locker room. I know how to get myself ready for a game. I know how to, that's the playoffs. Like those guys would not have needed that in order to play any better.
0: You know, it's funny. You mentioned finger pointing a couple minutes ago. A lot of the comments right now uh, are finger pointing at Pete Alonzo. And I don't know if it's just the same person repeatedly writing this, or I've seen a couple different people writing it, saying Alonzo needs to be gone. He didn't have it. Look, guys, I mean, you know, I don't know Pete personally. I've got no reason. I've got no need to defend him. If you watched the game last night, I thought Pete fought harder than just about anyone out there. I mean, he tattooed a couple balls, obviously, you know, baseball's a game of you got to hit them where they ain't. And, you know, he laced one. I think it was the hardest hit ball of the night. Just hit it right at Juan Soto. I, you know, if there's one guy I don't think you can accuse of, you know, mental fatigue or tiring out or not having a fire lit under his ass, it's Pete Alonso. So it's anyone one who's saying Pete's a problem and you know, they don't need him. I I, got to say stay in your lane there because I could not disagree anymore. Rick, I mean, you know, I think I'm going to have you, I'm going to have have you
1: unplug your mic one more time and plug it back in. And while you're doing that, I am going to, um, Pete of all people does not need anyone to motivate him or tell him, um, that he needs to do better. Like, I'll be honest. A couple of years ago, I was on board with trading him, not because I thought he wasn't going to be great, but because I saw that this organization needed new players and that um, he was their best trade piece to acquire new talent. And so, that was where my thought process came from in thinking that he could be on the trading block. At this point, they're not in that phase anymore. So, no, I don't, I don't understand um, the idea of getting rid of a guy like Pete. He's He's too integral to what they're doing in that clubhouse. Um, because realistically, I think I think of Pete as this big dorky teddy bear who yeah. thinks he's like way cooler and <laughs> way like than he is. And but that's okay. Like that's good. Like that's that that confidence is awesome. And um, I wish I had it. Like I wish that was a trait that I had. And I, I never did. I wasn't me. But that's what makes him who he is. That's what makes him so great. Because he doesn't even know, like, when he makes a mistake or, or that well, he does. But um, he just, he's just so full of confidence that he feels like he can do anything. And realistically, that's something that's always good to have in the clubhouse. Um, I, I would, I would never a guy who can obviously hit four, forty home runs every year. Who look, he's not, he's never going to play good defense at first base. I, I would like them to move him to DH. That's just what he is. Um, but he's obviously serviceable enough. So it's fine. Um, but he's he's evolved. He's become a better hitter. The guy I've watched all year this year is a better hitter than he was the year before. The guy I watched last year was a better hitter year than he was the year before that. Um, yes, his rookie year he came up and hit 50-some home runs. That was a part of being the league not really understanding him much yet and starting to make you know, and then they start to make adjustments, but now he's making adjustments back and he's realized that he doesn't need to be a 50 60 home run strikeout or nothing guy he can actually hit he can drive runners in he can find ways to put the ball in play go the other way do the little things and so no I I don't think at all that he should be um, considered a piece to move or get rid of I think they have plenty of other pieces that they're gonna move on from um, following the season but we can get into all that stuff another day
0: yeah there's definitely gonna be a lot of offseason discussion there I do want to ask, though, when it comes to this current team, part of the reason that I'm so hurt and and frankly sitting here baffled as to what happened last night is because it seemed like up until the last 28 days, the last four weeks, obviously everything was going right. But when you look at individual performances, right, some guys who are pending free agents, others who will be back, but you had a career year from Pete, right, set the franchise RBI single season record. You had a batting title career year for Jeff McNeil. You had a career year from Brandon Nimmo. Some people could argue Lindor turned in a career year on both sides of the ball. I think his war might have been the highest of his career, right? He's Some people consider Lindor more of an MVP candidate than Alonzo. And Alonzo had 130 RBI. Four career years from guys in your lineup. You had Max, lowest ERA of his career. And then the obvious, Edwin Diaz, upcoming free agent with just an absolute lights out historic year in terms of guys he struck out. Does it leave you a little disheartened? knowing that I just named half a dozen guys who had career years. And does it make you feel like, especially with two of them being pending free agents and one of them being damn near 40 years old, does it, it leave you feeling like, shoot, maybe this was the best shot. Maybe they might not get a shot this good or as good as it was this year.
1: No, no, because I think the way I see it, um, this organization, they did a great job fielding a team that could be competitive. I didn't think they would win 101 games. I told you, Last week, I I said it at the beginning of the year when I was on whatever show, it doesn't matter, that I didn't think they were a World Series favorite. Um, That was because they weren't a complete roster. And could they have done more at the trade deadline to become a, a complete roster and put a team that could have won the World Series realistically this year together? Yes. But I think they sacrificed those years I was just talking about in 23, 24, 25, 26, where I'm telling you right now they're still going to be competitive they would have sacrificed some of that time. And I I get it. Like everybody wants to live in the here and now. And I I don't disagree with you, but if this team was hot, they could still have gone on a run and potentially won it all. And realistically, based on everything that they did this year, they would still be set up to do really well next year and the next year and the next year and the next year. It just didn't work out this year. So let's not be short-sighted in that. Let's not say oh my gosh, they could have done more this year. Oh my gosh, They these guys had these career years. Who's to say that Pete Alonso can't go out and after all the adjustments he made, put together a, a very similar year? I have all the confidence in the world that he can. We've seen Jeff McNeil, I would say four out of his, what, three out of his four years now, full seasons in the big leagues. He's put together a year similar to this. Like, it's not that far-fetched that he could do something like this again. So I, I expect to see him, you know, continue to play well. Edwin Diaz, um, this was his best year, I, but I think he was great last year too. This was his best year. I think he was great in 2022, by the way. He was. Um, he was. But realistically, this was his best year. Does that mean he can't do it again? No. Um, are they going to be able to all put it together again like this? I don't know, but the question is, or, or not the question, but what I would say is, just to kind of rebut that, they're going to have pieces in between them that are going to be better than they were this year. They're going to have young guys who, who can step up in some of these roles and fill holes or voids or you know fill out the lineup better. Realistically, guys, uh, the, the catching spot was a, a black hole offensively. It just was. Um, the Ed, Eduardo Escobar came on great, hot late. Third base was a black hole for most of the year. We were talking about filling that all the way up until the trade deadline and past the trade deadline until he got hot. Everybody was wondering what they were going to do there. Um the, the bullpen, we we talked about it. Where's you know who's gonna pitch these big innings? Where, where's it gonna come from? There were a lot of holes on this team, and so realistically, I think moving forward, based on the fact that they held on to pretty much all their prospects, and they're going to be able to move on from some guys, bring new guys in. They have the opportunity now to fill out the roster better. And so, no, I don't, I don't think this was a one-off. I don't think that this was their best chance. Um, I think the way the trajectory of this organization right now is just it's too good in order it, it, for them to just fall off, especially, you know, look, we'll, we'll get into this again. But is Jake coming back or some of these guys going to be on this team? And I get it. Those are conversations that are going to be hard from a fan perspective and from the front office perspective, because you have to find that middle ground as a front office of, yes, this guy's important to our core. Yes. He's a very good player. Is he worth the money that other teams might pay him or what we might have to pay him? That's their decision. And I, I support that kind of logic. Like I'm not going to, I'll be honest with you when, and this isn't a a bash on max at all. I think max was fantastic this year, better year than I imagined him having, Um, obviously didn't end the way you wanted, but at the, during the offseason, when it was posed to me, would you rather have Max at $43 million a year or go out and get two of uh, Gaussman, Rodon, and um, Ray, who two of them you could have gotten for $43 million in a year, AAV-wise? Like, yeah, you know, years would have been more. The overall money would have been more. But AAV, you could have gotten two of those guys for what Max costs for a year. And in my opinion, it was a no-brainer. Max, cool, see ya. I'd take two of these guys just because of the depth that it adds and what it gives to your roster and the way your starting five look now. I mean, uh, it's just it's crazy how much different it would have been. So realistically, I think that there's a way for this team to go about their business that's even better than they did last year because I think they they got a little bit excited, uh, same way they did it over Lindor. Overpaid, and, and look, he had a fantastic year, but he didn't – that, mo- that money was crazy. Like that was only a handful of guys get that. Um, now he had a great year and that's, you know, I hope he continues to do that, but I wouldn't give anybody 10 years in that much money. Um, that said, Max, I know it's only three years. I, th- I think it was right. Three years, 130 million, but it's like, I- I'm surprised they got what they got out of him. And if they get that again, I will be surprised because, he is getting older and you saw him start to break down this year. And obviously at the end of the year, he didn't have his best stuff. So, but I I still don't think that this organization is in any way going to allow themselves to fall back down that hill. I I don't think they will just because of the ownership, because of the leadership that they have. I trust Billy Epler. I, like I said, I've, I've talked to him. He's a great, great person first. And then he's a great baseball mind second. And I think those two things, set this organization up for nothing but good things ahead.
0: Yeah, and, and, you know, this might be an unpopular opinion, but I trust him too. I know a lot of people in the chat and a lot of people on Twitter probably don't, but I think part of what makes Billy Epler such a great person. I understand.
1: Yeah, like, I understand. You're upset. You're upset. It's okay. But this guy, this guy just came in this year, and he put this team together, right? Like, Mm -hmm. not all this was here when he got here he put this team together and so I give him way more faith and way more leash to go out and do it again
0: yeah I mean look look at what the guy did in a matter of days right wasn't it all in one week it was Scherzer and then I think it was the same day it was Escobar Marte and Mark Canna who was such an underrated and extremely important part of, uh, of this Mets team all year look I think Billy Epler what makes him so great at his job is that he, he made mistakes this year, right? The trade deadline, as great as an off-season as he had, he had almost an equally poor trade deadline. But he's going to learn from that. And I think that he's going to go out and add the necessary pieces in the offseason. I think we saw it fail twice. The the whole DH platoon by committee, the JD-DOM experiment didn't work. And then the Darren Ruff-Vogelback experiment didn't work, even though Vogie provided some really fun, awesome moments, all in all it just didn't work. I mean, it was great for a couple of weeks and down the stretch, it fizzled out and it fizzled out fast. I think Epler is going to learn from that and he's going to address that. You know, the catching situation, I, I don't think that this regime is going to be so quick, like, you know, maybe past regimes under the Wilpons to say, oh, well, you know, McCann's the guy we're paying. So he's the guy we're playing. You know, we saw that McCann didn't start a single playoff game. You know, I, I think winning really is, the uh, the first and foremost concern with this regime, whether it's Cohen, Epler, Buck, etc., and so you know I think catcher will be addressed. I think McCann might not be on the opening day roster next year. It might be Alvarez for his bat, Nito for his glove. And, uh, and if we're being I,
1: honest, if we're being honest, and and I was the biggest supporter of McCann when they signed him. I was the yeah. one saying, sign this guy. They should. He shouldn't be. He hasn't. He hasn't earned the right to be. Unless you know, look, if he ends up coming back for spring training. And all, he looks totally different. Maybe you give him a shot, but to even let him come back to spring training and have an opportunity to make this team would mean that they didn't probably sign more than one guy. And they, I think they may need to. Um, I do like Tomas Nito at times towards the end of the year, he showed the bat came back a little bit. And obviously he had some injury problems this year, which may have contributed to what was going on. We don't know that. Um, and defensively, I love them, but realistically, they need more production out of that position. They need more consistency um, in other parts of their lineup. And yeah, McCann, that, you're right. You're absolutely right that that's one of those things that you could see this run office and you hope to see this run office make that decision. And based off what they've done and did in the postseason, like, I, I expect them to make those kinds of difficult decisions and make them easily.
0: Yeah. Definitely. Hey, look, you know, I mean, when you look at this series, there's definitely a lot we could talk about, you know, regarding the three games we just witnessed. Right. I mean, for me, one of the biggest question marks, one of the biggest things that just left me absolutely uh, just stunned was watching the productivity from the bottom of the Padres lineup. The fact that, you know, Juan Soto, I mean, Manny Machado had what, one hit, maybe two hits the entire series. I think he had one hit. Uh, You know, Juan Soto was held at bay for the most part, but it was like, Kim, Grisham, and Nola came up, and all hell broke loose. I mean, that was baffling for me. They were just, you know, everything that could have gone wrong went wrong, right? Sometimes we just got to call it how it is, and nothing went right for the Mets down the stretch. Nothing went right for the Mets this weekend. The one thing that I do want to talk about, because everyone's talking about it, and I want your take as an ex-MLB player yourself, Joe Musgrove. Now, I'm going to preface this by saying I'll be the first one to say the Mets lost last night because they had one hit, and nothing, nothing changes the fact that the team had one hit. I don't care what was on the ball. I don't care if it's spider Tech, I don't care if it's icy hot. The team had one hit. They gave up six runs. Nothing's going to change that. But I do want your take on what you saw, on what Buck did in challenging that. I mean, I have a very strong opinion on on everything that happened, um, but I'm curious as to what you have to say, because I'm sorry, you know, that was not sweat. That was clear as day. That was not normal human sweat there was something going on there so what do you think it was uh
1: it it looked funny like it looked weird um you know i was i was on twitter with like everybody else i saw the pictures i saw people tweeting about it and i didn't you know you could see it on tv you know as soon as i saw the pictures on twitter i was like oh yeah his ears are kind of glowing they are kind of red and shiny and it's interesting kind of weird um i thought if you're gonna challenge that, if you're gonna, you know, shoot the moon on that, like like Buck tried to, why did it not happen till the sixth? Um, if it was a matter of spin rate, is if it was a matter of um, seeing some of those pictures, which I think I saw them in the second or third inning at the very latest, um, and clearly, I, I think someone in it whether it was the front office or coaching staff or player saw the pictures on social media too, and said, Hey, we should probably look at this. Um, Why did it take so long? That would be my only gripe. Um, I have no problem calling for that. I have no problem that nothing came back. And I believe that nothing came back for a reason because he wasn't cheating. Um, It just looked really odd. I know I've seen guys, you know, put things like icy hot in random places and I'm not going to go there uh, to make themselves like to get themselves literally like kind of going. um, You talking about
0: Roger Clemens rocket, put an icy hot on his rocket. Is that what you're
1: talking about? There's yeah. Like we could talk about there's it's yeah. That stuff has happened and I don't get it. Like I didn't need that to get myself going, but you know, some of these guys will find anything to give themselves an edge they call it we know Clemens so would anyway, do lots I mean, of, he had him
0: shriveled yeah. up at that with all the roids he was taking
1: yeah exactly so um but you know I, they checked him there's no if there was anything on his ears at any point in that game they would have felt it like I mean he got I, Alfonso Marquez got in there like I mean he was not scared right like it was, an intimate it was moment. impressive like I was like man like I would feel uncomfortable if I was him doing that to Joe, like, I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want my fingers in his ear like that. Like, I'm good. Like, it's all right. So uh, I'm I'm convinced that he did not cheat. I'm convinced that he just had good stuff. Um, but if you're going to do it, it should have been earlier. There's no reason to wait till the sixth inning because you don't need to wait till the sixth inning to realize those spin rates are high. You don't need to re- wait till the sixth inning to realize that his ears look funny. Um, and that there's, yeah, that something could have been happening because you were getting dominated. And he was absolutely lights out. But you know what? That was the reason that I was on here saying, you don't save DeGrom for game three or potential game one. Because any one game, anything can happen in baseball. And a guy like Joe Musgrove on the mound, who can dominate, who did dominate his last four starts of the regular season, gave up one earned run in his last four starts, guy was lights out. He can come out and beat you any day of the week. Doesn't matter who you have on the mound. Doesn't matter who's in your lineup. And that's that's what happened.
0: Yeah. Look, Rick, I, I agree with your take, everything that you just said a thousand percent. In fact, I was saying the same thing to all my coworkers today. I worked with some Padre fans, and you know, as soon as I walked in the door, they're giving me shit and oh Buck's this and Buck's that, and he's the worst. And look, I'll defend Buck until the end. Do I agree with everything he did this year? Absolutely not. Do I think he's still one of the best managers in baseball? Absolutely. And uh, but one of them, you know, was going after Buck especially hard. And I said, Look, I said the only thing that I'm not happy with that Buck did was that he waited until the sixth or seventh inning to do it. I said, it should have been done in the second inning should have been done early in the ball game. And I think it was done with the right cause. It's just the optics of when he did it made it look what people are calling desperate and Bush and all that. And it did. And it did. Yeah, it it is how it looked at the same time. If you want to talk about gamesmanship, I don't mind it because the Padres, you want to talk about gamesmanship. How many times were they stepping out of the box on Bassett early on? I mean, Soto was doing it. And
1: they did that that the day before against the ground, too. This wasn't anything new.
0: No, I want to ask you because I'm screaming it at my TV as a catcher. They're doing it at the rate that they are. Why was no one, why why didn't no one get any chin music? Why was no one brushed off like that?
1: Well, I will say this the whole Drew Smith, I think it was, hit um,
0: Grisham. People are saying it was intentional with two strikes. Give me a break.
1: And not only that, with two strikes, but in that scenario, down four runs, like, I was, I was, I mean, I, I tweeted about it. I don't remember what I said. I, th- I think I said any insinuation that that was intentional was is idiotic, and that's what that's what you were hearing on the broadcast. I was mind blown by that because if you're a baseball person, you know, in that situation, why would I put anyone on base in any situation in an elimination game? If realistically the Mets still had outs and still could come back and win this game, that would be unbelievably asinine of me to do and I wouldn't do that um and I don't think anybody in their in their right baseball mind would anyway um if that had been happening I don't think it even needs to get in, in at that point of the season in that I'm not even gonna throw chin music because of the fact that I can just lose one and hit someone and I do have a base runner so as a catcher I'm saying something I'm going to stand up at some point when they call time. I'm going to walk out in front of the plate, dust it off with my feet and talk to the hitter and say, you do that again, we're going to have problems. And that's, you, there's, there's ways to address it without it being obvious. Like I can make, I can go out, kind of brush off the plate with my feet, turn around. Like I'm I'm kind of facing the umpire facing down. And I can say that no one knows what's happening. No, no one knows I'm saying anything, but I'm making my point that that's, that can't keep this. This is not going to keep happening. We can't keep doing this. Um that's that's a problem I have. And I don't think that's on the coaching staff. That's that's to me, on the on the players. Um Bassett did a really good job of controlling his emotion. That's not, in my opinion, his job to do. He could have. And I'm surprised he didn't get vocal because he could have said something from the mound. Um but he up. had to try to control his emotions so he didn't lose anything and and hang one and get, you know, pissed off and, and hang a breaking ball and boom, the game's over anyway. So I'm, I'm, I'm almost like glad he didn't, but somebody else should have been saying something, doing something, making sure that it stopped. Um, uh, but I don't blame the Padres for what they did. The Mets were working quickly. They were trying to get them in the box. That's a strategy. Like it's a, it's a cat and mouse game. That's why when they talk about the pitch clock, it pisses me off because that kind of stuff is, is still a part of the game. I can get mad about it as the catcher and tell you knock it off but you have the right to keep doing it and keep pissing me off until I do something about it. And that's like kind of what I'm going to miss about the game, because now all of a sudden it's going to be the umpire clapping at you and going, Oh, get in the box, get in the box. Oh, strike one. Like that, that I over, I, I, I saw that in the minor leagues. It was a joke. Um, I'm, I'm a fan of work, work grown men. We can handle it and we'll figure out how to deal with it. And if it ends up coming to, you know, brushing someone off, that's what it comes to. If it ends up coming to me saying something and making my point, then we can do that and see where that leads us. Um, but realistically, that's, to me, that's how it should have been.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Once again, with you hundred percent. Rec, I, uh, I appreciate the insight. I think we got already back behind the scenes here. Uh, you know, look, unfortunately, not much, uh, not, not much positive stuff to talk about in this one, but a lot of good insight. Nonetheless, a really good season. Nonetheless, I know, Feels empty. Everyone out there watching, everyone listening. Trust me, I feel empty right now. I mean, Rick, I don't know if you feel as empty. I feel really empty right
1: I now. I do. I trust me. I get it. Like I, I was. I don't get as emotionally invested, but I was invested in this team. Like I, I thought they were at least going to go on a run. I did not think it was going to end now. Um, I was I, looking I think forward to
0: our first playoff game yet.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was looking forward to the series against LA. I really was. Because I, I, thought, I thought of all times that was going to be when this team really showed themselves, even if they lost, it wasn't going to be in three games. I, yeah, I did, this was my thought, that it would go five, and it would be a heck of a series. And it would be one that you would say, we lost, but we lost to the best team in baseball, and we fought our butt off. That's how I thought it would go out, and obviously wasn't anything close to that. So it's tough.
0: Definitely not what we expected. Rec, appreciate you. All the fans out there watching live, commenting live, appreciate you. Apologies to everyone. I don't know what's going on with the audio tonight. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Had, had my setup with We'll me. get you I'm on Bluetooth
1: eventually, Joe. We'll get you on, you know, yeah, into I the... I got a $300 20- mic.
0: I, and by the way, I know that people every now and then think because I'm wearing these and I'm talking into these, I'm not. They're plugged into... I'm still going to
1: make fun of you for the it. The actual, actual it $300 like mic.
0: Are. I don't know what the deal was today, but I appreciate all of you. Rec, appreciate you. Tyler... Appreciate you. And we're all thinking. We love you, you Tyler. Feel uh, better. You you can wrap this one up, Tyler. I know you're there behind the scenes.
1: Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.